Uh, I want to encourage you, get in your word. Get in your word. Feed on the word. Feed on the word. Feed on the word. Yeah, like God is so good. If you want to become more acquainted with Jesus, The best way to do that is by getting in your word, reading the word with Holy Spirit. There is so much um, stuff out in the world that's being pushed. There's so much perversion and things like that. When you get in your word, it really brings you back to truth. It brings you back to center. It sharpens your discernment. God gives you answers to things that you're not even looking for as you're reading the word. Words will start to pop off the page. But I just want to encourage you, get in your word. Get in your word. Amen? So have you heard the good news lately? (laughs) Have you heard the good news? What's the good news? Jesus. (laughs) The good news is, the gospel, right, is that he made a way where there was no way. While we were yet sinners, he died for us because he loves each and every one of us. Amen. Jesus went to the cross for you because he wanted you with him. Amen. And he is faithful, he is full of love, full of grace, full of mercy, and he's also full of truth, and he is God. Amen. And he not only died for you, he died as you in your place. You were buried with him, you were brought back to life with him, so that resurrection power flows in you. Amen. And not only that, he said, it's good that I go, because if I go, then I can send you the helper. And so that means that we have Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. We have God living on the inside of us. Amen. This is the good news. This is the gospel. And what's so amazing is that when Jesus died as us and he took our sin and he took our punishment, he took the curse of the law on his body. Amen. He not only bought us salvation in the terms where we think of we're going to heaven someday, but that word salvation also means healing. It also means restoration. It also means freedom and deliverance. Amen. And he accomplished it all on the cross. Amen. Somebody say, that's good news. That is great news. (laughs) Awesome. Everything that we have in the Lord, we have by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth. Amen. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Amen. So when it comes to that healing, okay, it's the same faith that you use for healing is the same faith you use for salvation. Amen. If you believe Jesus paid the price, and so I have salvation, I have that blessed assurance now, then that also means you have that blessed assurance for your healing. Amen? But you have to believe it, and you have to confess it the same way you believe in Jesus and confess him as Lord. Amen? Okay? So I want to encourage you that it's actually a mistake for you to look at your body to determine whether or not you can be healed. There's people that will look at at their body and be like, oh man, it's too far gone, or this disease is too far progressed, or, you know, God can't grow a limb back. (laughs) Ha ha. Everybody say ha ha ha. Okay? You can't look at your body to determine whether or not you can can be healed. Okay? Now, we're going to hold truth between two tensions, because we are going to believe for that instant miracle. Amen? We're going to believe for that. I received an instant miracle in my heart. Amen? Um, but we're going to carry attention is that just because it doesn't seem like you got healed in that instant doesn't mean that you weren't healed. Amen. 
okay? Where I'm going to show you in Scripture where, where that is, okay? So the temptation is if you don't see that right in that second, right in that moment, that you start to believe I wasn't healed, and you start to confess, whoops, I guess it didn't work. And then we start to partner with a spirit of unbelief. Amen? So be careful what it is that you believe. Be careful what it is that you confess. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now, I don't ever want people to lie for Jesus. Okay? So it's like, if the pain is not different, don't lie and say, the pain's different. I'm never looking for that. Right? And it's, it's okay to be like, well, I believe I'm healed. Like, like our sister right here. She's like, well, I believe I'm healed. It's, it's not different in this moment. But that doesn't mean that the healing is not coming and progressing. Okay? So I'm going to show that to you in a moment. Not all healing is instant. Okay? God heals you through your spirit. Be careful what you believe in your heart, and be careful what you confess with your mouth. So we're going to take a look at the Word. We're going to read lots of Word today. You guys ready? All right, so if we can put John 4, 46 to 54 up on the screens. I'm going to see if I can see it from here. Oh, yay, that's, that's actually, I can read that. Um, this is uh, when Jesus healed the official or the nobleman's son. So we're going to read this together. Therefore, he, meaning Jesus, came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. As he was now going down, his slaves met him, saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Somebody say, began to get better. Mm -hmm. They said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And so he himself believed and his whole household this is, again, a second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. So what is that last sentence saying? This is Jesus' second miracle ever, okay? What was his first one? Turning water into wine. And this is his second miracle ever. Now, this is really, really important because this is the first mention where you see Jesus heal anybody. So there's something powerful that the Lord wants us to get out of this story because it's the first time Jesus healed somebody. Now, what I love to do is um, when you read Bible stories, especially if you've read the Bible a lot over the course of your life, you tend to kind of, eh, I've read this before. Oh, okay, I remember that part, that part. But what you need to do is like step into the story, okay? So like step into what it was like for that nobleman. First of all, he was a nobleman. He was official. He is probably not accustomed to asking or begging anybody to to do anything, and especially someone like Jesus, who's a carpenter. Amen? So there is this humility that he comes in, okay? So Jesus was in Galilee, and the nobleman wanted him to come to Capernaum. The distance between Galilee and Capernaum is 22 miles, okay? So here he is 
in Capernaum, and he is looking at his son who's on his deathbed, and he is, like, not sure. He's like, his, his son is ready to die, and he's in pain, and he's excruciating over this, this situation. This is hopeless. I don't even know what to do in this situation, and so he hears that Jesus is 22 miles away. Can you imagine what it would take for you to leave the bedside of your dying son to go chase somebody 22 miles away? Now, keep in mind, this is Bible time, so he either walked or maybe he rode a donkey or a camel or I don't know what they rode back then, but he made that travel of 22 miles, okay? So, uh, 22 miles, mm-hmm. 22 miles is a long way. That's a seven-hour walk. So seven hours to walk just to see Jesus. And so he asked Jesus to come and heal his son. What does he want Jesus to do? Does he want Jesus to just say, your son is healed? No. He is hoping that he's going to drag Jesus 22 miles, seven hours, back to Capernaum where his son is so that he can lay hands and see him healed, right? So can you imagine that whole 20, that seven hours of like, God, will you please, like seven hours of prayer and desperation. I mean, how frustrating to be like, I don't know if my son is even alive right now as I'm seeking out Jesus. And then you get to Jesus and he is not willing to come. And he's even arguing saying, man, these people need signs and wonders or they're not going to believe. And then he implores him again, if you don't come, my son is going to die, Right? And he's like, please come with me. And so Jesus says, go, your son lives. Now, can you imagine if that father took off and you don't see him argue, what do you think that says about that father in that moment? Do you think he believed? He must have believed him because you don't see him beg again. He doesn't ask. He's about to take a seven-hour, 22-mile journey back to his home. And he has one word from Jesus, go, your son lives. Amen. So he did have some faith. Amen. Hallelujah. He didn't see any physical evidence whatsoever. Like it doesn't say, oh, there was a glory cloud that showed up. And the voice of heaven came down and said, your son is healed. I back up the words of Jesus. Right? There was nothing to go on. All that happened is Jesus spoke a word the man believed, and at that hour, his son was healed. Now, this, the man didn't know that. On that seven-hour journey, he met his slaves that came, came to meet him and said, your son is alive. Amen. Can you imagine how excited? He's not even there yet. He probably still has hours to travel. But he's like, what hour was it? You can see his belief there. What hour was it? And they said it was yesterday. Can you imagine? He's been traveling for like overnight. Okay. They said it was yesterday at this hour, and he knew that's the very hour that Jesus proclaimed it. Amen. It makes the story a little bit more real when you step into this. Okay. Now, notice it said the hour that he began to get better. So how many of you know that it's important to see that Jesus' first healing miracle was not instant? <laughs> The King James Version says, began to amend, right? I've heard so many healing testimonies where someone sat in a healing meeting and someone prayed for them and they didn't feel a thing and they walked away and then day after day after day after day, it got better and went away. Amen. 
Even, even the, the young girl that we prayed for that was having seizures, prayed for her. No big signs from the Lord, no thunder strikes. You know, she felt absolutely nothing, but she just never had another seizure again. Amen? And so how many of you know that we want to believe and confess that God is healing, even when it doesn't look like it at first? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So this is Jesus's first healing. It is uh, the second miracle right after turning water into wine. This is very significant. Why is it significant? Number one, because Jesus's first healing was not an instant healing. Amen. So it shouldn't surprise us when we go to pray for somebody that it might be something where they're going to take time. Now, we're going to hold tensions. Let's check for it, okay? Let's check for it instantly. But if it's not there, we're going to believe that it's coming. Amen? All right. Um, The second thing, Jesus said, go, your son lives. The man believed the word, even though he had no sign or wonder or physical evidence that his son was healed. Why is it important that this is Jesus's first healing? Because it's the same way we believe Jesus now. Jesus said it, we believe it, and the healing happens. Amen? It would be a whole lot simpler if his first healing, Jesus himself laid hands on somebody and they recovered. It'd be really easy for us to just pass that off. Well, he's Jesus, right? Now, Jesus was fully God and fully man, but he laid down his divinity so that he would walk the planet just like we do, empowered by Holy Spirit. Amen? So Jesus didn't have something extra that we didn't have. He set the example of this is what it's like to walk with Holy Spirit. Now you guys go do this, and now you guys go do even greater works than I did. Amen? That's what Jesus says. So it's really powerful to understand his very first healing is the way we believe for healing now. You believe what God said, and you see the healing. Amen? God's good. Yay. Yay, yay, all the time. (laughs) Amen. So believe Jesus to see the works of Jesus operating in your life. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, I want to see the works of Jesus operating in my life. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. All right. So Mark 11, 23 says, Truly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Okay? Truly, I tell you, whosoever, somebody say, whosoever. Whosoever says to this mountain, amen? Now, how many of you have mountain-moving faith? (laughs) Not enough of us, right? There's times that we can question, right? Like, I can't have faith like that to just like tell a mountain to move and expect that anything's going to happen. I'm a human, right? Like the enemy lies to us. You know, we have Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. The resurrection power, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of us. But we look at that and we say, I can't have faith like that, right? It's because the enemy's lying to us. Now notice that that faith is not a passive faith. Many people will say, if Jesus wants to heal me, he'll heal me. I trust God. I believe God. If Jesus wants to heal me, he'll heal me. This is not a passive faith. He says, whosoever says to this mountain, do you see the confession of your mouth? Whosoever says to this mountain and believes in his heart and not doubting, then they're going to see that mountain removed. Amen. 
So Jesus actually said, you can have that level of faith. Would you believe yourself or would you believe Jesus? <laughs> Jesus says, whosoever. Somebody say, whosoever. Okay. Whosoever. Who does that apply to? Everybody, every single one of us. All it takes is that you believe. Amen? Okay. Now, someone tell me, what does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believes shall not perish but have everlasting life. Someone say, whosoever. So if whosoever can receive Jesus and get saved, amen, then the whosoever of Mark eleven twenty three applies to you too. It is the same faith that you, took you to salvation. It's the same faith that moves mountains. Amen? And God actually gave each one of you a measure of faith. Amen? You actually have faith from God. Amen? Amen. Romans 12, 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. So I want everybody to say, I have a measure of faith. God gave me faith. God gave me his faith. It's not a weak faith. It's a God kind of faith. And if he measured it to me, then it's exactly the measure I need. Hallelujah. <laughs> Even a mustard, mustard seed size faith is enough to move a mountain. Amen? So what does this mean? That means that you all have the faith to move mountains. So what are you choosing to do? What are you choosing to confess? Amen? Belief is a choice. You have the grace. You have the faith for it. But whether or not you choose to believe, that is in your court. Amen? And it's not, it's not this exercise of your will. It's not this exercise of your soul. It's not this exercise of your mind. It is a gift from God. It is a spirit thing. Amen? Hallelujah. What does this mean? You all have the faith to see the works of Jesus operating in your life. You all have the faith to see the works of Jesus operating in your life, okay? Now, sometimes we get frustrated because we pray, and it seemingly seems like nothing happened. Just like, well, I prayed for someone's healing, and it didn't seem to work. I prayed for them, and like they, they're, they're still not healed and those things. And that's something that I've wrestled with the Lord with at times. There's times that the anointing is so powerful that it's easy, that's just like, 10 backs in a row get healed, and it's just like, oh my goodness. And then there's times that you just don't feel the anointing there, and man, it's hard to do anything. The anointing is what causes everything to happen. I, I can't heal someone, you know, by myself. It's like, you, you need the Lord. You need to follow the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. But that's something that I've contended for, and I'm like, okay, why is it that sometimes it feels so easy, and sometimes it, it's not so easy? And uh, the Lord uh, just unpacked this revelation for me yesterday, and I'm so excited because it's like, like you know how sometimes when you get a revelation, and you're like, yes! <laughs> and, uh, but it's also like, duh! <laughs> you know, like, this is that kind of revelation. It's like, it's all over the word, but somehow I think we miss it, okay? So um, let's take a look at Romans 10, 8 through 14. And we have that for the screens. 
Romans 10, 8 to 14. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Say, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So can we back up right there real quick, because the Lord's just talking to me right now. <laughs> the person believes, resulting in righteousness. When you believe, you receive that gift of righteousness, and you have right standing with God. You become aligned with God when you believe, but when you confess is when you see the manifestation of what it is that the Lord wants to pour out. Amen? You believe unto righteousness. You confess unto your salvation. Amen? You believe unto agreement with the Lord for healing. You confess to see the manifestation. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, next, next uh, slide. For the scripture says, whoever, someone could say whosoever. Somebody say whosoever. whosoever. Believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever or whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How are they going to know? When you go out in the world and you want to pray for someone's healing, how do they even know? How do they even believe? How can they begin to believe if nobody tells them? If there's not a preacher, how are they going to know? Amen? All right, can we put up verse 17? We're going to skip to 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So how do we get faith? Hearing. So what does this mean? We have to preach so that people will believe so that the healing can get activated in their life. Amen? We have to preach it. We have to tell them the word. We have to tell them who Jesus is and what he did. Amen? They need a preacher. Does faith come from praying? You can ask God for faith, but what does that scripture say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Amen? It's not by the effort of your will or your mind that you get faith. As soon as the light of God's word comes, faith is automatically there. Amen? Faith comes by hearing. Luke 8.18 says, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. That's in the parable of the sower where they're sowing seeds, and the seeds goes on good ground, some of it falls on rocks, some of it gets taken away by the birds, and Jesus says, take heed how you hear. Because we all have a choice, we all have a decision. When we hear the word, we can either receive it with gladness and say, this is true, or we can say, meh, what, what good is this? I've got better things to do, right? Take heed how you hear. Take heed what you hear, because what you hear is going to affect what you believe. Amen? Take heed how you hear. Turn to your neighbor say, take heed. <laughs> All right. Some, some churches and some of our experiences, 
it's really tough. I love the church. I love the local church. I think it's, it's massively important. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Amen. Um, some churches that you go to, when they get done with what they call preaching, you actually feel worse than when you came in. You don't know if you're saved anymore. You t- <laughs> I, can I tell you how many times I got saved growing up, running down to the altar, how many times? Oh, man. You don't know if you have Holy Spirit in you anymore. And, man, if you don't know your word, how would you know? Right? But it's just like, man, Holy Spirit comes and goes, and man, Holy Spirit might ditch you. You might not have Holy Spirit in you, right? And then what you feel like, you just feel like running down to the altar and crying out, God, help me. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Me, 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 right? It's as if Jesus didn't do anything at the cross at all. And I'm telling you, we have to preach the good news. It is good news. That type of so-called preaching has partnered people with a spirit of unbelief where they think that it's on them to perform the things that Jesus already did. Amen. There is not good news on that. How are they going to go out and preach to the world when they don't have good news? You go to church and this is bad news, right? Right? We have to preach the gospel. We have to preach the good news. And it's not the basics. It's not like, oh, once we preach Jesus at the cross, then we move on to higher things. It does not get higher than that. It's Christ at the center. I've determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power unto salvation for those who believe. Amen. It is all about the gospel. It's all about what he did. Amen. That kind of preaching robs people from the blessings that God intends them to have. And it takes away Jesus' reward and what he paid for. Amen. Jesus. Jesus. What Jesus paid for with his blood and his suffering, it is good news to the people. Amen. Preach the gospel. Somebody say, go and preach. <laughs> Go and preach. How is, how is it news, right? The gospel isn't the gospel until it's preached. Amen? It's good news. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> news, right? Come hear the good news. All right? Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Let's put up Mark 16, 17 to 18. Now, this is something that we tend to focus on, and I love it because this, the scriptures like this awakened me to the fact that this was available. So let's read this, Mark 16, 17 to 18. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. Who have what? Believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Did you hear that, Pastor Daniel? You can pick up snakes. He hates snakes. He's, like, terrified of snakes. But he has, like, a a deep hatred of snakes. But you can pick them up if you have enough faith. (laughs) It will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Hallelujah. So we thank you, Jesus, that this is true, that these signs will follow those who believe. But what part did we skip that came right before that? Okay, let's go to Mark 16, 15. 
This is what Jesus says before that part. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach. Preach the gospel to all creation. All creation, even to the mountains, even to the fish, even to your cat. (laughs) Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Okay? When you preach the gospel, it seeds the atmosphere with Jesus And it brings the faith that's needed so that these signs will follow you who believe. But what comes first? We preach Jesus. Amen. Preach Jesus. Somebody say, preach Jesus. All right, let's skip ahead. So right after the these signs shall follow scripture, let's go to Mark 16, 20. Mark 16, 20. So this is after where it's like, and that they will recover, okay? And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. The Lord worked with them and he confirmed the word, okay? It was pretty awesome. And they probably reported all these instructions to Peter and his companions, okay? So God works with them, and he confirms the word. Now, I had always taken that scripture out of context, and I've always thought God confirms his written word. Now, of course, he does confirm his written word, because if if you don't know the written word, you're not going to understand the living word, which is Jesus. Amen? But I always thought that scripture was referring to Jesus is going to confirm the written word that you read in the Bible. But that word up there actually means the spoken word. The things that they preached is what he came and confirmed. Amen? The things that they preached is what he confirmed. Okay? So, he confirmed the word and he worked with them. The Lord confirmed the words they spoke by the signs that followed. So you must preach the word, and he'll confirm it. You must preach it. You must say it. That word for word, like if you look it up in the Greek, means only means spoken word. The words that they spoke out were the words that he confirmed. Amen? Are you guys getting it? <laughs> okay. So if he's not doing it, then we're not preaching it. Amen? If he's not doing it, then we're not preaching it. So what are you preaching? God did not promise to confirm tradition. God did not promise to confirm religion. Amen? That was such a powerful song this morning. Man, Michael Hardwick, you are so anointed. We're so thankful for you. God's so good. Um, yeah, he, he doesn't confirm tradition. He doesn't confirm religion. He confirms the word that you speak that is true to his word. Amen? He promised to confirm his word. Here's a quote uh, from Reinhard Bonnke. Uh, you can't do a Reinhard Bonnke quote without his accent, right? <laughs> He's this amazing uh, German uh, evangelist, healing evangelist. He, millions and millions and millions of people, uh, especially in Africa, have come to know the Lord and gotten healed and deliverance and stuff through his crusades. Um, he is now with the Lord. Um, but this is a quote from Reinhard Bonnke. Jesus can only be what you preach him to be. <laughs> Jesus can only be what you preach him to be. Preach him as a savior and he saves. Preach him as a healer and he heals. Preach him as a deliverer, and he delivers. 
Preach him as a baptizer in the spirit, and he does just that. Give him a word to confirm. Amen? Give him a word to confirm. Why? Because preaching builds the faith so that the people hear the word and then they believe. And then the belief is there for that manifestation to happen of the healing so that they can confess their healing and see it happen. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We saw instant baptism in the spirit in Kenya. It was so powerful. Like we just, like we, we called people forth and there were some, and I found out after the fact, there were some that were resistant to this. They were like, I don't know about tongues. That sounds like, could be the devil, right? How many of you know that that's such, oh, the enemy. He just flips stuff. Like that's our access to power. That's our access to perfect prayers. And man, the enemy just wars against tongues, right? And so there were some that were actually opposed to that. But when they came up to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues for the first time, we laid hands the second our hands touched their heads. It was powerful, amazing. Next one comes up as soon as we lay our hand. And they're, 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 I don't even know what they're doing in this spirit. They're prophesying, they're praying. And of course, we checked in with Joseph. Is that Swahili? Okay, no, no, that's, that's tongues. Okay, good. Because, you know, it's like we're speaking through a translator and everything, right? But it was instant. And the Lord drew my attention back to that. What did I preach to them right before? Because we were sent to go baptize them in the Spirit. Pastor Ben and Pastor Kara said, go and baptize all the staff in the Spirit. So we went with the mission, and I preached on Holy Spirit as the baptiz- baptizer in the Spirit and with fire. Amen. And so God confirmed the word that I preached with the signs and the wonders that followed. And I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> you're unpacking this. This is revelation, right? It's amazing. And so, of course, you know, as we're preaching about healing, we're seeing Jehovah Rapha show up and heal people. Amen. Even, even as the word is going forth, you don't have to wait for someone to lay hands. You can believe the word of Jesus, just like the nobleman. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Give him a word to confirm. There's something about preaching the gospel that causes faith to come into the heart of those who hear so that they believe and receive what God has, like the baptism of the Spirit, like healing and like salvation, like financial miracles, like all of it. Amen? It's really, really, really powerful. Even Acts 10.44, which I see 10.44 all the time, and that's been the Lord's encouragement for us to uh, go out in evangelism. It says that while they were still preaching the gospel, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who listened to the message. Now notice, who did Holy Spirit fall on? Those who listened. It doesn't say those who heard. Those who listened. Take heed how you hear. Amen. Take heed how you hear. Matthew 10.8. I think in this church we could all pretty much quote Matthew 10.8 by now. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Okay? That's one that we live by. Man, what are you called to do? I don't know what you're called. I don't know what vocation, but at your vocation, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Now what precedes that verse? What precedes that first? It says, go and preach the gospel. Preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Amen. Do you see a theme? Jesus in Luke 4, 
when he goes up into the synagogue and they give him the scripture reading for the day and he opens up the book and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to heal the blind. Is that what he says? No, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach, to preach the good news to the poor. And by the way, heal the blind. Amen? How will they know if you don't preach it? How will they know Jesus? It's not enough just to pray for someone's healing and they get healed and they go off and they still don't know Jesus, right? It's not enough for them to just get healing and go on their merry way and then the enemy wars against them and they don't know how to stand in the word. The word says that we're supposed to go and preach the gospel and make disciples, right? So there's this discipleship that we want to have with people. We don't want to just heal and then run away. Amen. They need to be discipled so that they can stand on the word. Amen. Matthew 4, 23. Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogue. Somebody say teaching. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Again, I've always separated that out. Well, look at Jesus. He healed every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. Yes, but what did he do first? right? He preached. He preached the gospel. Amen. So what does it mean to preach? Preach in the Greek is keriso, K-E-R-Y-S-S-O. It means to herald publicly, especially divine truth like the gospel. It means to proclaim, to publish. It always has a suggestion of gravity and an authority which must be listened to and obeyed. So we're supposed to preach the gospel with authority. Like, you need to hear this. Amen? All right? It means, listen to this, to proclaim openly something which has been done. <laughs> so what are we preaching that has been done? Jesus did everything on the cross. Proclaim what he's done. Now, so many of us would disqualify ourselves from preaching. Look at how often it is in the Bible. It's the Great Commission, right? It's the Great Commission, but so many of us say, well, I'm not a preacher. It's because we sit in church and we assume preaching looks like a three-point sermon and someone standing with a microphone, and so many people don't want to do that, right? Did you know that on most surveys that uh, the number one fear of human beings is public speaking? Like, over snakes, um, <laughs> literally, over snakes, over bugs, and over drowning, People would rather drown <laughs> than get up in front of people and speak. Now, if you're the enemy, what kind of fear would you want to play on in people's hearts when you know the Great Commission is to go and preach? Okay? Now, when I say go and preach, this doesn't mean that every one of you needs to go on a street corner and say, hear ye, hear ye. Some of you might be called to that, right? But what it means is if you are going to go and pray for somebody and they don't know Jesus, it would be so powerful for you to preach the gospel. Tell them what Jesus did. Amen? And then he's going to confirm the word that you give with signs and wonders. Tell him that he paid for their healing on the cross. Confess him as the healer. It will build their faith and you'll see the manifestation when you pray for them. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, I'm called to preach. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Okay. We preach the word to build faith. It brings the anointing. Without the anointing, everything is hard. 
I, I know that from personal experience. Man, if God tells you this isn't the message, I want you to preach something new, and it's Sunday morning, like, you better preach what he's saying to preach because it is not fun to preach without him. <laughs> you want to follow the anointing. Amen? So the Bible says to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And then that applies to salvation, it applies to healing, it applies to increase, it applies to answered prayers, amen? You are healed by the same faith that you are saved by. It's the same faith for financial needs. It's the same faith for being baptized in the Spirit. And remember, he gave you the faith, amen? He really did do it all, right? Okay? Believe and confess. Whosoever says to this mountain, amen? whosoever says to this mountain. So if you need healing, preach the gospel to yourself. Tell yourself what Jesus did. Amen. Preach the word. Preach him as the healer. Read the healing scriptures. Read them out loud because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Get around people that are speaking these kinds of things. Get yourself away from people that are preaching a different gospel. Get yourself away from people that are proclaiming death over you. Amen. You want to take heed to what you hear, amen? Confess that Jesus has accomplished your healing on the cross and proclaim what he has done to your body, amen? Preach, preach, preach. Signs and wonders will follow you and he will work with you and he will confirm his word that you preach, amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you wanna come up with me real quick? I feel like the Lord has maybe a couple words of knowledge um, for healing, and so, do you have something already, or? Whoops, is it on? Left leg. Anybody have a left leg? <laughs> if there's anyone that one. doesn't have one, we should pray for uh, them too. Yeah, no grow back. <laughs> Levi, I remember he had a testimony where um, he had uh, three BSSM students with him, and there was a lady that didn't have a leg. And they were praying for it to grow back, and they kept praying and going after it. And he goes, "Guys, you just stay and go after it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home." <laughs> and uh, the lady had a prosthetic leg, and so I think they prayed for another couple hours. And she went back uh, to her doctor, and she had to get a new prosthetic leg because her leg had grown an inch and a half. <laughs> and uh, Levi, when he heard it, he was like, "Oh Lord, I'm so sorry." He's like, "I would have stayed all night to see a leg a leg grow back." <laughs> But anyway, uh, anybody have an issue with their left leg, um, stand up. All right, one. Any, any, anybody else? Yeah, a oh, couple. <laughs> You're just getting an overhaul today. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's something awesome. happening right now. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. Ha ha. Yes. Yes. So awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> here's the thing. I don't know what the statistic is, um, but a lot of heat. Well, first of all, 75% of all statistics are made up. <laughs> but there's like, a, I feel like it's like, I don't know, maybe 50, 60% of all healing is actually deliverance. Um, but oftentimes when you see pain move, that's demonic. It's just the, the enemy warned against you. It doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Like the enemy just doesn't fight fair or whatever, but we could definitely go after that. I don't know if... Uh, 
Sure. Yeah, we can all. Yeah. So Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. We already preached you as the healer. <laughs> we already preached you as the healer. God, I thank you, Father, Lord, for the gospel. God, that you already paid for all of these things. You had pain in your legs. God, you took all the stripes on your back. And so we just thank you, Lord. And we just appropriate your blood and your healing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, we just speak healing, healing. Life, 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 life to your leg. In Jesus' name. Life, life, life to your leg. Healing, healing, healing. Complete restoration, complete mobility. No more pain. We command pain to get out in Jesus' name. Every demonic pain that's trying to move around and cause issues, we say get out, spirit of infirmity, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Lord loves you so much, Cheryl. <laughs> I just feel like his anointing all over you. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. All right. So we're going to hold tension. Let's check it out. So this is where you get to check out your leg. Do what faith tells you to do. If there was, like, something that you couldn't do or if there was a pain, like, move it around and check it out. Okay? All right. So those of you with legs, how, how is it feeling? Feeling good? Is it feeling better? Better than it was? Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What, what percentage better? She doesn't feel any pain. Yay, Jesus. No pain. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Where, where your leg was hurting, where was it at before we prayed? Knee surgery. And do you have pain like every day? Not anymore, but since... You're healed a few weeks ago. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. Come on. Oh, this is David. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yay. I didn't know that this was David. <laughs> so I've heard about you, but I haven't met yes. you. So this is the man. He came in with uh, crutches, what, two, three weeks ago. Come on. And you couldn't put any weight on your left leg and you, because of your knee. And where are you at today? I can, I can walk. You know? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't even think of that because it was your left. Okay. I didn't even think of that when I called out left leg. Well, why did you stand then? You just need a little, oh, a little bit more. He's got pain. Is it pain? Ha, ha, oh. ha. <laughs> ha. Take heed how you hear. <laughs> yay, 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 yay. Thank you, yeah. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Could you just step out into the yeah. aisle for a second, if that's okay? Yeah. Ha-ha. Wow. Ha. Yeah. I break that false prophetic word off of you right now in the name of Jesus. I break every effect of it right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you speak a better word, that your blood speaks a better word. I command everything in the knees and the legs and everything to be fully restored, fully restored, factory reset right now in the name of Jesus. And we break agreement with that word. We break agreement right now in the name of Jesus. And we say, enemy, you have no place. Get out in Jesus' name. 
Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, that David is a great man of faith. God, I thank you for your plans and your purposes on his life, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I thank you, Father, that you've given him just like wisdom beyond his years. I feel like you have a gift for like knowledge. I feel like you're really smart. <laughs> now, who's going to say no to that? But yeah, I just feel like the Lord has like blessed you. I feel like there's a teaching gift on your life as well. Just like, but people just like love to be around you and love to like listen listen to you speak. And it's like, you might not be like um, loud and uproarious, but it's like people listen when you speak. And so I just bless that over you right now in the name of Jesus. God's going to use you mightily in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yeah, so go ahead and move it around. Is it so it was like, it's not like 100% like the other leg? So do you, is it the same as your right? Because your right leg's perfect, right? Is your left leg perfect? The knee, yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> How's it feel? Yeah, I feel a difference, yeah. You feel a difference? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Just like the word today, it's going to keep getting better and better. Like, just like from, from the word. And yeah. like, God's already healed you, right? Like, he's already right. done this much. He's not going to leave you right there. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So good. Can I hug you? Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, we thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for 100%. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God's so good. Thank you, Lord. And then the the word that I got is um, diverticulitis and or just stomach like issues in general. Like, is there anybody that would say like I have diverticulitis, like but pain, just basically pain. Pain in your tummy, <laughs> stomach issues. Anybody? Would you stand up? Any, we'll any pray stomach for it. stuff? Any stomach stuff? Stomach digestion. Anybody else? Mm. Hallelujah! All right, everyone, stretch Thank your God. hands out. <laughs> Yay, Jesus! That you're the healer. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, I thank you for the overhaul that Talia's getting. <laughs> Yay! From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Man, the enemy is going to be so sorry for how he's tried to come against you. He's tried to keep you down with different infirmities and different uh, even mindsets and stuff that he's just tried to just lie to you your whole life. But right now in the name of Jesus, I command the complete healing. Right now in Jesus' name, I speak to your stomach. I say, Talia's stomach, be healed in the name of Jesus. He's the healer. He paid for stomach issues on the cross, diverticulitis, digestion, whatever it is, any stomach sensitivities, any so-called food allergies. We say, take heed how you hear, but we break those off right now in the name of Jesus. I claim just perfect digestion, ease in that area, and we just thank you so much for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Is there something that you can check for? Is it just like something from time to time? Okay, but you didn't come in with pain in your... Okay. Well, we just believe that God took care of it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yay, yay. Um, keep standing for a second. 
Yeah, there's like, um, I don't know how to articulate it, but God has just this tremendous amount of joy for you. And it hit you in the last, in that Wednesday night meeting that you started laughing. (laughs) And uh, when I got close to you today, I just started laughing. And I feel like it's (laughs) the Lord's joy over you. And so not only is he giving you a full body makeover physically, but the joy is coming. Like when oppression breaks, joy comes in like a flood. And Thank that happened you, with me in my my life. I I was terrified to speak in front of people, and when God delivered me from that, the radical joy hit my life. And so I just speak joy over you right now in Jesus' name. You are marked not just for physical health, but you're marked for His joy. Like you're going to be a carrier of His joy. Yeah, we break off every last ounce of oppression right now. Oppression, go in Jesus' name. Yeah, and we just fill you right now with the joy of the Lord. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Yay, Jesus. Yay, Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's the Father's Hallelujah. good Hallelujah. pleasure Hallelujah. to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. Everything you need, he's, just, he's laughing over you right now. Ooh. Yeah, thank you, Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. God's so good. Hallelujah. Amen. Online, do we have something? Is there someone online? Okay. Oh, if there's anyone online... Maybe we could pray for you guys. We just heal everybody online. I thank you just the same way, same way, Jesus, from Galilee to Capernaum without having to travel, just proclaimed. We just declare you are healed in Jesus' name. Anybody with stomach issues, anybody with leg issues, and hey, how about anybody that needs anything? We just declare that. If there's anyone in this room that needs any kind of healing or whatever, breakthrough in that area, just go ahead and stand to your feet. It is 1212 right now. That's the apostolic number. Yay. So, Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for healing every need. God, I thank you, Father, that it's not just that you want to heal stomachs. It's not just that you want to heal legs today. But, Lord, that you come in demonstration of your spirit and in power. And you come to demonstrate your word so that we can see the physical healings. So that we will believe and confess for the things that can't be seen. So I declare right now, arthritis is being healed in Jesus' name. Cancer is being healed in Jesus' name. Tumors shrink and die right now in the name of Jesus. I declare hearing is being healed. I declare that sight is being restored. I say, take heed to what you hear, that as you age, that your sight has to go. We say, no, our youth is being renewed like the eagles. So we just declare sight restoring and improving. In Jesus' name, I speak to physical bodies to align and be healed. I command every pain to go, to leave you. There's someone on the live stream that's been dealing with pain. I command every pain to get out of your body right now. I break every spirit of trauma that came in with whatever it was that happened. And we say, pain, you have to leave. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we just give you all the glory. All the glory. All the glory. Hallelujah. 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 And so everyone, believing in your heart, I want you to confess, I am healed. Thank you, Lord. Ha, ha, ha. God's so good. He's so good. Hallelujah. Is there there anybody that has something that was standing that has something you can test? I know some things you just can't test in the moment. Is anybody, just wave your hand if you have something you can test. Okay. I didn't know if there was anybody or not. Oh, hi. <laughs> he's so oh, he's like, I He's know. just waving at me. <laughs> hi, Keon. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's all stand to our feet. God's good. Amen.